<laughs> hey, Brian. Hey, John. How are you today? Uh, well, I'll tell you, you know, what I think is um, interesting about what we're going to do today is, um, you know, this topic kind of came up a few times on the Culture Shock podcast, but it came up more from a brand or marketing standpoint, not so much a human standpoint. So when we talked about it, it was more around this idea that a brand has to be authentic for people to buy it. And we never really got into why you as a person need to be authentic and, and even vulnerable in business. At least I don't, I don't think we did, right? We never really went down that path. No, you're right. I mean, we definitely hit on the brand part. I, I think we may have touched on it a little bit from a personal mm. standpoint, um, but I don't think we, we never focused on it like we're actually going to do it today. I mean, that's for sure. And right. I guess that's a good uh, segue uh, to introduce our guest. Um, it's uh, our researcher and author, Jez Rose. Hey, Jez, thanks for coming on this podcast. Oh, I'm delighted so far. <laughs> so far, so far. Reserve yes. that. Hold on. <laughs> give it time. <laughs> yeah, give it time. Now, now, for some of you, Jez's name may sound familiar, and, and that's because uh, I actually interviewed him on an episode of our Public Cut podcast, The Big Rethink, about a, the same topic uh, that we're going to get into today, which is the power of authenticity and sort of how and why we can all benefit from being our authentic selves at work instead of, as uh, he likes to say, uh, checking our emotional needs and insecurities at the door and trying to present our best selves. So Jez, I'm really glad that you agreed to do this. Well, well I'm pleased. And listen, thank you sincerely for having me on. Um, I'm, what I love talking about is authenticity and sincerity. So um, I'm excited to hear what more you have to say on the subject, Brian. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, then, let, so, so Jez, I'd love for you to sort of set the stage for us here. Uh, like I mentioned, you often say that as business professionals, we're sort of expected to present our best selves, which means checking sort of the emotional needs and insecurities at the door. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, uh, a little more about that, actually, to, 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 to our listeners. Sure. Well, <clears throat> I think the challenge here is that, you know, that it sounds like a really loaded statement and, and it has context to it because I don't think we should not be emotionally intelligent when we're at work. That's not what I'm saying. Um, mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that there is a, an, a sort of stereotype that seems to play out. Now, I'm very fortunate. I have been working with organizations like yours and much bigger and much smaller for about 16 years. I've met in that time hundreds of thousands of individuals and um, and different and experience lots of different cultures and the same thing is a sort of a riding factor a, a golden thread throughout all of those cultures and one of them is for example the uh, middle grade management that were really good at something else they were a great salesperson for example someone said hey you're doing really well at that job why don't you do a different job why don't we make you a manager and then <laughs> overnight you're expected to have all the answers Everybody's looking at you to suddenly be a different person and, and be, you know, have a different characteristic. 
And a lot of those people have a number of insecurities and a lack of confidence, but they feel that they can't demonstrate. They feel they can't be wholly human at work and in the workplace because that would be seen to be, I guess, the interpretation is a weakness, right? And therefore mm-hmm. not able to be a true leader. Um, I actually believe that those are hugely um, important leadership uh, qualities, but that's for another podcast probably. Completely agree. Um, <laughs> and here is the kind of nub really, Brian. You know, who you are with your children is a different person to who you are with your friends at the bar or friend at the bar. And who you are at work is entirely different again. Now, that's important. We have lots of different facets, lots of different areas of our and qualities of, of our character, of our personality. Hugely important. But I think there is this kind of social pressure to be a certain way to behave in a certain way, to to carry out or act out what a, I don't know, board level manager should be, what a senior leadership person should be, what, you know, as soon as you put senior in front of the title, you have to become a bit more like this person or whatever. Um, And that for me as a behaviorist is something that I find really fascinating. You know, why is it that we do the things we do um, and how do we improve them for the better? And for the better, I would say, from a human perspective, the greatest gift you can give somebody is your authentic self, your true self, because we trust those people that are authentic. And that's played out time and time and time again throughout history to evidence that. So um, I think that's why I, it's such a big thing for me. Hey, hey, hey Jess, you know, I got to tell you, this is this is one of those topics. I mean, this is always fascinating to me because I do feel like you have these. There really seem to be these two schools of thought. You have one group of people who will tell you, you got to be authentic. And then you have another group who will tell you things like, you know, fake it till you make it and things like that, mm-hmm. which seem to be the opposite of being authentic, at least to me. So I guess what, what I would love to hear is, why do you believe being authentic is the way to go? And obviously, you know, feel free to take some shots at the fake it till you make it group, uh, you know, sure. while you're at it. Um. Are these questions going to get easier or not? Because this is I mean, already we're anyway. Um, oh, we're just getting started. <laughs> maybe you got this the wrong way around. You're doing the ones at the end first. Um, so, listen. Here's the deal. I I think the fake it till you make it group. Look, it exists, and that's fine. Here's the thing. I always uh, I always offer this to people when I'm talking to them, and I can see their faces and their hands and all the rest of it. Um, I always ask for a show of hands if you're confident enough if you've ever experienced imposter syndrome if you ever experienced that oh my god i joanna i really don't know what the hell i'm doing (laughs) i hope no one finds out but i'm not entirely sure why the heck i've been promoted i don't know why i get paid i I hope no one discovers that i'm doing that right now (laughs) 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 Um, yeah i know we'll come to that um so (laughs) But um, this is turning into some kind of unremunerated therapy session. So so while that exists, you know, absolutely, you can kind of fake it till you make it. However, there is a point that happens even with that group of people where because of the lack of authenticity, because of the lack of honesty and sincerity with their selves, and this is where the authenticity thing becomes really interesting. We can talk about being authentic for other people in a cultural environment, a group or team environment, saying, actually, you know what? This doesn't sit right with me. Can we talk about this? Then there's the whole personal piece of authenticity, these whole kind of values, our own sets of beliefs and morals. But coming back to your point, 
it's it's important that authenticity is the right way. And it's not necessarily an argument of, because you could say, oh, well, clearly it doesn't matter to be authentic because there are people that fake it to the make it and they do okay. Sure, they do. But there's an awful lot of psychological and emotional baggage that they carry, which is that kind of low level stresses The what if I get caught out? The um, the self-fulfillment. It's, it's kind of like, here's a really, maybe a bit of a naff example, but I, I hope it helps translate. Because sometimes these things are really, these big human emotional things are difficult sometimes to talk about if you haven't physically experienced it or if you're not there now. Um, You know, we can talk about grief and how terrible it is when you lose somebody and that's really, you know, it hurts and you get that kind of anxiety. But if you aren't in that place right now, that my description of grief does not translate. If you've just lost your sister or your brother or your best friend, my God, does that resonate, Mm. right? So it's difficult sometimes for us to kind of relate back to or forwards to the position that you might be in. It's one of the greatest things about being human is our ability to adapt and evolve, right? So my point is this. If there was something amazing that your team could do and you had the option to either cheat or do it authentically for real, which do you think you would get the greatest level of satisfaction, long-term benefit out of? The one where you say, is okay, okay, look, guys, shh. If we go speak to this person, I know they can make this work for our team, right? We'll get this contract. We won't have to do anything, right? We'll just take all the credit. Or there's the right, let's put together an amazing presentation. Let's get all of our assets and all of our experiences together. Make this incredible. The clients, they will not even think about going elsewhere. We're going to do this together as a team. You're going to do some of this. You're going to do some. I'm going to do some of this. You do it. You win the contract. Amazing. Two very, very different feelings as a result of of the journey you've been through, right? That mm. is authenticity in action. So does it matter? Does it, you know, you're still going to win the gigs? Are you still going to, uh, you know, make the sales? Probably. Does it matter because you're a human being and we're born on one single trajectory and we're going to retire, hopefully live long enough to enjoy our retirement, but ultimately we're all going to die? <laughs> oh, there he is. Happy Christmas, everyone. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it does matter, doesn't it? Because that's why we're here. Living is the only thing that we have for us. So. I think being authentic is not only amazing individually. I don't think I think I know that it it makes it benefits teams and I know it incredibly to a huge degree massively enhances culture as well. Yeah, Jez, let's let's take that example that you just talked about. This idea of a team that's going into a presentation and they have they basically have um two paths, right? There's a fork in the road. They could either mm-hmm. go down the fake it till you make it path, or they could go down the be authentic path. Yep. And of course, yes, in the end, if they do take the authentic path, they're probably going to feel better about themselves and about the work. Sure. But I feel like a lot of teams opt for the fake it till you make it. Not only, maybe it's easier, but I think it's also safer. Yeah. Um, I agree and I disagree. So okay. I agree with what you're saying. You're not, you're not wrong. I'm not pushing back on that. Um, Lord knows I've heard you're aggressive, so I don't want to disagree with anything you say, really. But um, I, oh, I got the memo. So I, I would say you're right. That is because we're lazy, though, um, and also because most cultures don't allow for that. There are a lot of organisations and a lot of cultures, corporate culture globally, you know, micro macro level, that say you know, you as an individual have the power to raise your concerns, you have the power to have autonomy, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But when it comes to it, actually, 
That's not what the culture demonstrates. The culture demonstrates right. that if you put your head above the parapet, you're going to get knocked down. Um, so you know, there's something I talk about a lot. We don't necessarily have time for that today, but um, there's something I talk about, which is that um, it's really important to build and maintain a supportive environment. Building a supportive environment is really easy. It's the maintaining it that takes effort. Mm. It's like relationships, whether they're personal, professional. Um, you know, it takes a bit of effort to keep those relationships going. Open communication mm. and and values and boundaries. And yet it was the same. We're just human beings. It's something that transpires everywhere. So I think when you go into stuff for the fake it, you make it thing, we are naturally lazy as human beings. Go into any park that's got paths through grass. And you'll notice that at every intersection where there's a junction of a path where you can go left or right, there's a kind of worn down corner of the grass because an awful lot of people couldn't be bothered <laughs> to go to the end of the path and go left. We you just right, we're really lazy. Any opportunity we can, we'll just do the lazy thing. So um, we'll take today, for example, you know, you didn't bother to come fly out and meet me and do this face to face. We just do it over the phone because it's easy for you. So, I think the um, I think you're right. There's that culture thing, but there's also the lazy thing. So and that's, that's a why budget thing. Brian does not give me a big <laughs> yeah. budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. So, so oh, let's move on a little bit here. Um, no, no. But wait, there's a all... budget. <laughs> Shh, John, be quiet. Um, back to John's point. Um, sort of. No, but in seriousness, like there are these two camps or schools of thought, right? But that hasn't always. Um, been the case. In other words, mm -hmm. there weren't always a lot of people sort of waving this be authentic flag in the no, past, or at no. least it didn't seem that way to me. It feels like this is something that's becoming sort of more prevalent uh, more mm -hmm, recently, mm -hmm. like even so much as I would say for the past few years. So right. just sure. am I imagining that or have more people been more vocal in support of authenticity lately? And, and if, if that is the case, you know, what do you think is driving that? Well, um, you aren't imagining anything. You know, over the last few years, we have seen, and you'd have heard it, gosh, I mean, it's a thing that gets banded around all the time now about social media and we've become this, you know, social media obsessed generation. And, and I don't mean generation in terms of, you know, Z, Y, X, whatever the hell we are at now, Gen 2000, whatever. I mean, generationally in terms of our, you know, journey through life as a species. And the problem with that is, we're a little bit in that kind of late mm, late 60s, 70s bubble where there was an awful lot of marketing that was unregulated and unchecked. A lot of promises that were made, a lot of fantastical claims that were made. Um, and we came through that. It was a lot of industry regulation to say, hang on a minute, you can't call it a miracle cure, define a miracle, right? You know, and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. We are experiencing the similar sort of phase with social media. We're seeing perfect people all the time posting on social media with incredibly perfect lives, with no problems, that look stunning, that have everything they could ever possibly want. They have the most colorful lives and they have really clean and tidy houses and yada, yada, yada. And that was a huge bubble, significant pressure for human beings before more and more people getting involved. And then, of course, because loads of people get involved in social media, the truth starts to come out. People start whistleblowing. Hang on a minute. The rest of their house is a load of crap. Like it's just that <laughs> tiny little corner that she's moved all the stuff away so she looks gorgeous and that it looks wonderful. And then she puts all the crap back, right? Now I know that because I have one of my friends who does just that thing, right? Her house is an absolute state. You look on Instagram, it looks like she lives in like some Beverly Hills mansion or something, right? So, you know, if you're listening, Susie, that's you. So, yeah, yeah. Um, ex friend. Susie yeah, and I are yeah, no yeah, longer yeah. friends, but thanks for that. But you didn't say that on the big rethink. Yeah. 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 Want to give her last name while you're at it? 
<laughs> Hamilton. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, we've begun to realize that that actually you it's physically impossible to live your life in this period of abundance and glorification because it doesn't exist. Therefore, when someone says, hey, here's me without my makeup on or, oh, my gosh, look at my house. It's absolute crap. Anybody else got a problem with, you know, their cats? leaving fur everywhere and the kids are drawn on the wall and oh look at my kitchen after a party isn't it terrible there are more people that live that authentic true life that say oh what a breath of fresh air right thank goodness yep. yes that's my house my house isn't the perfect house that looks like a hotel you know a five-star hotel hallway or reception area and so we have begun to seek out more of that for us to feel a more normal be more um, achievable in terms of our aims and our goals in life because we see something that, you know, is heavily edited or filtered or set up and it feels a million miles away from where we are. Great to have aspiration, but when with it, it comes with an awful lot with low-level stress, right? Um, of course, the other thing is that we feel more self-confident. We feel calmer. So this idea of quote-unquote authenticity is, <clears throat> I would say, relatively new. I think you're right, Brian but it isn't something we necessarily consciously seek. What we just look mm. for is honesty and truth and realness, right? Because we are human beings. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting because I never would have thought social media would have helped with authenticity, yeah, but to your point, it actually has. Sure. I mean, we'll look at trends. That's the other thing. You know, you look at <clears throat> the vast majority of social media is this nonsense. I mean, I hate it. I right. really hate it. I, I post on social media and then I come off. I, you know, I really don't spend any time on it at all. Um, but so there's all that nonsense, all the perfect stuff. But the trends, the one time uh, a lady will post her morning face, you know, pre-makeup and say, hey, this is mm -hmm. how I wo woke up. Can we get a, ca a hashtag going? It lights up. Huge, yeah. Everybody jumps yep. on it. They're like, yes, yes, it's real woman. Point. There we go. Point. Hey, Jez, you know, it's funny because this, so we're, we're calling this show Forever Skills. And, you know, basically skills that will never become obsolete. But, uh, but I'll tell you, mm. we, we actually did, we struggled a bit when we landed on this topic because we weren't sure if authenticity should really be categorized as a skill, but we decided to kind of roll with it mainly because it is something that we all need to focus on and it's something that we can all work on or at least maybe get more comfortable doing. But I, I'd love to get your thoughts uh, you know, on all this and, and, and ask if you would, if, would you categorize authenticity as a skill and maybe even a forever skill for that matter? Well, <clears throat> how would you define a skill? I, I would say a skill implies a couple things. I think, first of all, it implies something that, um, you can, you can learn, you can, um, mm -hmm. get better at and build. Mm -hmm. I, I think the other side to it and, you know, we've asked other guests this as well, but I'm not sure if this falls into into this camp. But I would almost say a skill also implies levels. So, in other words, you could be really good at it and be at a high level, or you could be, you know, not so good at it and need a little help. But I'm not so sure if you can. So, in other words, you could almost measure it. But I'm not sure. so sure if it if um I'm not so sure if if it checks the box for authenticity. So that's why I was wondering. That's why we kind of struggled with it. But I would define it that way, and I'd love to hear sure. if you think it. Well, I think you've just 
defined authentic if that's your definition of a skill then authenticity is a skill isn't it i mean we don't see it necessarily naturally it's something that i think if we were all honest we probably could say okay how do i present at work when was the last time i compromised my morals or my values because people you know walked all over me when was the last time i checked myself when i wrote an email because i felt it probably needs to sound more like this uh, in order for it to be accepted or in order for me to sound more important than I really am or whatever, then, um, yeah, we can learn to be better at it. I think almost everything uh, from a behavioral perspective, I would say, should fit in the skill category. I think the greatest tragedy is that authenticity is forgotten. You know, I, yeah. I started a project last year. I spent the best part of five months uh, asking people, what does it mean to be human? And you know the fascinating thing? It's part of a bigger project, a human project I have at the minute. Um, And nobody could define it. Everybody struggled. There was not a single person that went, oh, well, being human is blah, 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 blah. I had answers like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. I've never really thought about that. Oh, God, that's a big question. Oh, I don't know. And and everybody that gave me examples would be a variation of somebody else's or entirely different. Now, isn't that amazing that you get to 50, 60, 35 and you've not even considered what it means to be human, to be a member yeah. of your own species. <laughs> and that's the same through authenticity, isn't it? You know, if I say to you authenticity, you understand the word, you've heard it before. You could probably have a stab at defining it, but you'd struggle to, to define it probably cleanly, swiftly and accurately. Um, and yet it's something that isn't a core part of our lives. It absolutely needs working on across everything. You know, how do you be more authentic with your children? Because, you know, I would say one of the things we're in danger of is, for example, authenticity is not given. We're not honest enough with our kids. We don't treat our children like human beings. And you know, I know there are things we need to protect them from and guide them gently, age appropriate, et cetera, et cetera. However, you know, very often we don't say, you know, I was of the generation where you fell over and your parents would say, there, there, don't cry. Um, come on now. Well, that's terrible. That's not showing your child to be authentic. That's saying you shouldn't display emotions and emotions that are important right now, you should hide and cover up. You know, if a child's crying, the greatest gift of authenticity you give them is, oh, you're upset. What are you upset about? Let's talk about it. Hey, you cry some more. Cry till you need to get it all out. Let's feel the feeling and and love the feeling and then let's move on and see what we can do with that feeling hey it looks like you're angry let's be angry together let's go find out why you're angry get the anger out so <clears throat> you know when was the last time you were authentic to your other half did you just bite your lip and not say anything did you just uh i don't know clam up or tense up or just gloss over something because you don't want to rock the boat or because you don't want to communicate that's nuts you know the best relationships are those where you say hey babe that that kind of annoyed me a bit, you know, or can we talk about that? Cause that, did you mean to say it like that? Cause that kind of hurt a little or, um, uh. and the same thing at work. Right. So I think you're absolutely right. It's a skill. We need to spend more time in it. And um, so, so, so Jez, I mean, when, as we were talking about that and we, when you had asked me, you know, what to define authenticity and even in, in my last question, how I had said, you know, it's something you can get better at or maybe get mm-hmm. more comfortable doing, which is, why I kind of bucketed it under mm-hmm. as a skill. How can we do that? Like, how is there, what are things we can do? Or maybe if you can give us some advice for how we could get more comfortable being authentic. 
I'm so pleased you asked that. So my new book, Authenticity for Beginners. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were damn it, serious. I wish I had, wouldn't that have been great, right? It I was. missed a real, real point there. I would have sold really at least three. Really teed you up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, my 10-part course available on Instagram on authenticity. Um <laughs> Well, look, I think the thing is, this is one of those issues in life that begins inwardly. Uh, it could be a conversation. I think you pick a place in your life. You can't just say, do you know what? Tomorrow morning, that guy had a had a point. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and be more authentic. That's what my Tuesday is going to look like. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I don't think it can work. It's too broad, right? So you pick a place that you want to explore being more authentic in. Uh, don't worry, you don't have the answer yet. Even listening to that, you'll be like, oh my God, but where? Just pick one, doesn't it? Be more authentic with your children or be more authentic with yourself. That's a nice inward, interesting thing to explore. Um, be more authentic at work, whatever. Just pick one place and then start to explore it. So let's assume that um, because it's safe and you don't want to show yourself up and you're not entirely sure what this whole thing means just yet, that you're going to start being more authentic with yourself. Well, that requires you to ask many more questions. It's the big thing I'm a big advocate of. You know, we should definitely ask more questions. We trust and believe um, things that are given to us without pushing back and asking questions uh, to an unhealthy amount, I think, as a species. Um, so you start to sort of analyze and self-check. So <clears throat> next time you're asked something and it doesn't quite sit right with you, you ask yourself, well, hang on a minute, what are my values surrounding this? Where, where are my boundaries? Has that person, why do I feel this way? Has that person crossed my boundaries? Have I not been authentic to my true self? Do I not really believe in this? And then work out, okay, so how can I voice that either with myself or with somebody else? And when you begin to understand what that, what that voice is, what that inner voice is, you can then begin to understand how to apply it more readily. So you know, if someone says, hey, let's uh, go out and get really drunk this weekend and you don't want to get drunk this weekend and they kind of press you into it and you do it and you have a crap kind of, uh, I don't know, Saturday night because you didn't want to be out anyway. You certainly didn't want to get drunk. It was kind of peer pressure. They all did it. Yeah, they, and the next one you got a hangover and you think, OK, I'm annoyed with myself. I'm annoyed that I breached my boundaries and my values that wouldn't have mattered long term anyway. That's what this whole being authentic to myself feels like. Okay, great. I can translate that into the workplace or the next time I'm having a conversation with my other half or my children or whatever. So I think it starts with picking one thing in your life that you want to try and be more real to your values and your boundaries. Those are the two things where you start, right? Um, and I think at work, the most gorgeous thing you can do at this, oh, this is in some ways, I really wish I worked with more people. So and real people as well, because um, stuffed toys don't, I mean, they give you, but not in the right way, right? So um, if you, you go back to work to your team, your group environment, you say, okay, what are our values as a group? Now, they might not be Panasonic wide values, and that's okay, right? You've got your corporate values and your pillars and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. You know, th those need to be respected and, and you, know, you need to bring those alive. But what about you as a group of people, as a team in this office or around this Zoom call? What are your values as a team? What do you share? What do you not share? How do you approach people when you don't agree? Let's get that in place, right? Now we can all bring authenticity to the workplace because we know what the landscape looks like for us. We know what the rules are, what the boundaries are. And then you can start to just be, you know, honesty is, I guess, the cornerstone of authenticity, sure. right? Yeah, no, that's not, that's such great advice yeah, and recommendations for those that are listening. Jez, as always, it is 
great to talk to you again. Um, I thank you so much for coming on the show and doing this. I really, really appreciate it. No, it's, it really is a joy. Now, about the feet. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of those of you oh, out there the listening. <laughs> Uh, no, seriously, for, for those of you that are listening, if you want to hear more on this topic, actually be sure to check out the Big Rethink episode where I actually spoke to Jez about this topic as well. I, I believe it's episode 45. Um, we'll be back soon with another episode, but thanks today for listening, everyone.